Welcome to Curiosity Kill the Cat, a podcast production by Social Fabric with me, Andrea Splendori, in collaboration with Dara Power. And today our guest is Jen Martin, Jen is a psychologist with specialization in vulnerability. And with her, we're going to look into the connection between vulnerability and creativity. Please subscribe, share, review, and give us a rating. It's the only way podcasts like this have a chance to survive. For more information and more episodes, please visit socialfabric.ie. The title tune is Happy and Shining by The Roundabout Us. Uh, that's the whole point of these conversations that uh, we want to we want to remove the the, the stigma around uh, around creativity being simply putting pen to paper or mm. you know music or whatever it may be you know and um, so Dara and I met um, we we kind of met online we dated online and we just uh, we haven't <laughs> met each other properly <laughs> but, you haven't met in person. It's, it's no. one of those subconscious things, bald guys <laughs> with a beard and glasses. How did I get into, how did I get into this club? I, I, I like the look of him. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we met online and we decided to to start these conversations. And then, then when I met you a few few weeks ago, we, we had a lunch together, there, Jen and I, a few other wonderful people. And we had a, I suppose, a 20 minute conversation, but a it just felt like we needed to talk a little bit more. That was my feeling anyway. So we needed to yeah. talk a little bit more. And then I thought maybe, maybe Jen can tell us a bit more about her side of, uh, of the story in terms of what you do and then see, because I think there's a lot of uh, links between creativity and vulnerability, which is your area of expertise. So yeah, that's what I thought. We will. Yeah, yeah. So perhaps Jen, if you just start, if you don't mind, just tell us a little bit about you. So that at least okay. Darren knows who we're talking to and the, the listeners know who we're talking to. Okay, so I am a PhD researcher on vulnerability. Um, and beyond that, I work as a psychological coach, trainer, facilitator. And uh, vulnerability is a subject that is very close to my heart. Um, but I think what I find is whenever I mention what I do to people, there's a reaction from everybody because I think everybody knows what it is to feel vulnerable. And I mean, it's the common link that we all share. So yeah, it, it's always received well, I would say on the, on, on the whole, um, because I think people are fascinated by it, curious about it. But I think at the end of the day, it's that they know what it means and what it is to feel vulnerable. So yeah, that's, that's a little bit about what I do. I can go into more detail, but in a nutshell, We'll get more details in a second, but uh, you're doing a PhD on vulnerability. That's quite fascinating. What, yeah. How much? How much can can you study about vulnerability? Well, I'm just in the door, so come back to me in about four years, and this might be a completely different conversation. Um, yeah, I it might help to contextualize and give a little bit of backstory. So, I was working for years overseas, and I was training non-native English speaking 
business people and executives and kind of I suppose high profile people and the reason I say that is not to drop that in but because of the work that I was doing with them so it was primarily communication focused and language focused but to be honest their English and their English skills were so good and so honed that it became about something else it became about how can they communicate whatever they needed to communicate effectively and what I found fascinating was very quickly we would move past language and we would move past technicalities and we would move into the realm of how can you connect with the person that you're trying to speak to in whatever shape that takes and I became really, really fascinated by those who are willing to embrace vulnerability and those who weren't. So, for example, let's say I was working with a, a politician, for example, and I would say, OK, so before you make this speech or say that thing or have that conversation, so you're after telling me that you feel incredibly exposed because you're a non-native English speaker entering this situation how about you just call that out, you know? And some would receive that suggestion like, can I do that? And like the this, this sense of liberation that, you know, that that could be a viable strategy for them. And then others would be like, oh, no, no, no. I couldn't possibly call that out. I couldn't possibly expose myself by stating that I'm a non-native English speaker. So I just became really, really interested in what was going on there. And so that kind of sparked my master's research in vulnerability. So I went back and that was definitely the line that I was going down. And for that piece of research, I was looking at what influenced people's willingness to be vulnerable. So for that particular piece of research, I was really fascinated by the internal versus the external. So to what extent did the internal dialogue and all of the internal stuff like to what extent did that play a role in their willingness to embrace vulnerability? Or what about the environmental env environmental factors? So who was on their team? To what extent did they feel psychologically safe? Um, and so on and so forth. Maybe the policies, the structures in the organization. So that might contextualize a little bit about how I actually came to even be in the PhD. Um, and I got sidetracked there. I can't even remember what you asked me. Oh, the PhD, a PhD in vulnerability. Yeah, that that's kind of how I got here. Um, but what I found on in going about that particular research was there's so little done. Like there's so little research done on vulnerability, and everybody is surprised when they hear that because it's quite a pop subject. It's quite a pop culture subject now. Um. And there's lots of great stuff out there and there's you can read on it for days, but there's actually very little academically done on it. So there's a lot of work to be done, which is terrifying, daunting, but also really exciting because kind of linked to the creativity piece, like there's just anything is possible. Like who knows what what can be found out? Um, Yeah. I will give Dara the award in a second, but when you mentioned about the, the English speaking, it just brought back something. When I first came to Ireland, I, I didn't have a word of English at zero, literally I knew three words. And, and thinking back, the, the, you can't hide behind the language. So you are who you are and that's yes. all you can do. And it's really, really hard trying to be 
somebody else when you need to. Sometimes you need to be try to be someone, and you can't do it because you have mm. no words to to hide behind. So you just become you, <laughs> which was quite good. It was a it's really so interesting true. process. Yeah. So it's you can't hide behind the words. Now I can make up uh, stories to 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 cover up, which I don't do anymore. Which I've done thirty years of, uh, of being me, yeah. but. But that that language is really interesting, and that, that vulnerability you're talking about that you can't hide behind. Well, it is kind of an unmasking when you're speaking another language, you know. Um, you're just forced to, like as you said, to be yourself. Like you're confronted with that, um, and definitely in like I've worked in, I worked in that context for many years, and the things people told me, you know, like when you're off the clock and you know you're just you, it, it's a fast track fast track to trust actually um the things that very personal things that people would share that was happening in their lives etc and I often did wonder I wonder would they be telling me this if we were speaking their mother language and I have absolutely no empirical research to back this up but I don't think they would tell me some of the things that they did tell me some of the personal things that they were that was happening in their lives and I think it's just because there was this nakedness, you know, there was this, you know, this, they were unmasked. They were just completely open and absolutely vulnerable. Um, so there's the, I suppose, actually, at this point, there's the essence of being vulnerable. So like I just described there, but then there's the also the embracing of the vulnerability and the sharing it with someone. So we could separate those two things there. But yeah, I completely agree with you. There is this forced unarmoring or disarmoring, you know, like it all has to come off. You can't fall back on linguistic strategies or language play that we all have in our mother language, because whether or not we consider ourselves to be well-spoken, we grow up and we we learn these things. We're socially conditioned to put nice words on things or whatever. So yeah, it's it's definitely an interesting point. And we have so many strategies for keeping ourselves invulnerable. So many. Go ahead, Dara, if you have a question there. It's nice to meet you, Jen. We haven't spoke before. No, um, we haven't. It's fun. It's interesting, you know, like that. Uh, there's a couple of themes came through in what you said. Is like one of them is about judgment. Hmm. Right? Is that uh, we, we we've spoken about this before? Is to feel judged by people. You know, and we protect ourselves from that with language. You know, like the there's some quotes along the lines of, uh, you know, human beings are like squid. When they write, they hide behind their own ink. Yeah. You know, so there's this kind of like a, it, it, it's a way of 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 putting a bit of padding in, like a mattress between you and others. But then, Andrea, you were talking about coming to another country and, and the experience of that is kind of very confronting. You mentioned the word confronting, Jen, mm -hmm. in, in that inside I might be very sophisticated, <laughs> but my language is very simple. And yeah. and then you, you, you're confronted with that. Do these people think I'm an idiot because of how I use the language? So there's a whole judgment thing. Mm -hmm. And one of the things we were talking about before was that we judge our creativity and that shuts everything down. You know, mm -hmm. so like uh, every creative act is an act of vulnerability because you're putting some expression of yourself out there. And then there's the will it connect or will I be judged for it? You know, but what I think you said when people are 
open and in this vulnerable state, the connection is there. And when there's not that vulnerability, there's not the connection there. Or it's 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 at least people can feel it. So and I think this is the an area that kind of cuts across curiosity and creativity and vulnerability is that the feeling you create with other people is uh is your life really. You know? And 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 the level to which you can be vulnerable is I think it's interesting that people can be vulnerable with you in not their native language, knowing that you could leave, <laughs> you know, but the person they live in their house with, maybe they kind of go, oh, I couldn't talk to them about that. Even though, they, you know, I couldn't talk to my kid about, you know, bullying, or I couldn't talk to my wife about feeling depressed in my job or whatever it is that there's this kind of a, uh, there's multiple layers to it, but I think what you're saying is the payoff ability is expression and then connection and you get over the fear of judgment. I think that's really interesting. Mm. And I was thinking there as you were speaking, oh, there's, there's so many different avenues we could go down with everything you said there. The Venn diagram, I had the Venn, a Venn diagram in my mind because you said creativity you brought in curiosity and then if we were to map that with vulnerability and like what's right in that center sweet point for me it's the unknown now there might be other things as well and there might be multiple other factors that we could bring in and map but creativity is about the unknown like what could be born of this creation and this creative process so there's unknown there curiosity is inherently about being curious about something that you don't know but actually if you go to definitions and understandings of the experience of vulnerability it's actually all about the unknown as well because vulnerability is about situations in which you can't control the outcome so actually that Venn diagram visual came through really really strongly for me especially when you introduced curiosity it was like ping <laughs> that's what happened in my head like oh right there in that center it's about the unknown and I think as humans, like, it's just totally natural that all we want to do is avoid the unknown, you know, like we want to be safe. We want to create situations that we know and we fall back on habits. Why do we fall back on habits? Because we know them, because they're ingrained and because even if they're not good habits for us, they're known. And so known is equals safe in our brain. And it's better to be to pick up a bad habit that we know is because it's safe than to enter into something that we don't know because that could be unsafe. What could that mean? So I'm ruffling, I'm muffling a little bit here, but there's definitely that unknown piece right in the center of curiosity and creativity and vulnerability. Like they're inherently linked, inherently. So Jen, we call this uh, serious uh, curiosity didn't kill the cat, right? Because mm -hmm. uh, we we feel that you know if you if you do check out things you know that are known you might find something that you like and obviously vulnerability as you say is very much that not putting your hand you know not touching the water because you might have scolded yourself in the past and then no longer want to be trying that again but what what do you say then when you how what was your journey through vulnerability before we're talking about perhaps some of your clients how how did you 
how are you dealing with vulnerability? What's what's your journey with it? Um, I think oof, there's so many different ways to answer this. Let me get clarity on the question. When you asked that question, did you have in mind experiences, vulnerable experiences that I have had, or did you have more in mind some of the things that I do to take myself through vulnerability and how do I process it or deal with it? Perhaps the latter, more how, okay. how did, yeah. How, how to. A, how to, yeah. Oh, um, either. It's up to you, whatever you want. It's a free, <laughs> the first it's a one free. feels way more vulnerable, Andre. I don't want to go there. I don't want to touch that. I, that's why I, that's why I gave you the latter. Oh no, I don't like to do the I don't like to actually walk the talk. I don't know what I'm joking. Um for the latter, I think I don't want to say that it comes naturally to me to be vulnerable, but but to be honest, it it also does. It doesn't mean it's hard. It doesn't mean it's not hard. Um it's always hard to be vulnerable. If it's not hard, is it vulnerability, you know? Um, but when I feel really vulnerable and really exposed, I think step one is awareness. So to enter into a state of awareness, okay, this is what I'm feeling. Um, that it has to start with that because otherwise you're just in fight or flight, you know, and your your prefrontal cortex is shut down and and you can't do anything. So I think awareness has to come first. Um, beyond that, I would, I allow myself to, to feel it all. You know, I know people don't like to hear that, but like, I allow myself to, to let the emotions wash over me. And, and, and I think there has to be this knowing of, you know, that I think it's Rumi has the quote, uh, the poem called the guest house. Um, and the idea that treat your feelings as visitors let them come and let them go and I think that's really central to the experience of vulnerability knowing that these feelings can be uncomfortable they can be painful but I'm here and I'm safe and I'm feeling them and they will go as well so I think that that's absolutely central to my experience of vulnerability is recognizing them allowing them in and knowing that they will leave as well that that's probably the absolute crux of what I do with vulnerability for myself. And, and it's fascinating because we spoke to Dave Zabowski, uh, amazing guy, amazing animator, Disney animator, and pretty much in terms of creativity, it was pretty much that awareness and, and letting the things go through your your body, your mind and everything. So the two things, the creativity and the, the vulnerability are very much uh, in line. Uh, with you know what you're you're dealing with it and he's dealing with his own creativity because he, he was very fascinated about everything around you know mm -hmm. that awareness so uh, mm -hmm. taking taking whatever comes and using it uh, in the right way uh, yeah it's too. it's almost awareness and acceptance and acceptance is not necessarily I don't use acceptance in the sense of kind of passively lying down and saying like okay I accept but more acceptance in the sense of non-resistance so these feelings are here they're uncomfortable and I can choose to resist them aka be invulnerable and mask up and suit up and armor up 
or I can practice non-resistance and let them flow through me. So, yeah, non, non-judgment to come back to Dara's point earlier, but non-resistance as well. Because if you're resisting, and if we're talking in the context of the creative process, how can something be born of resistance? It's one of the other things we were talking to Dave about is the power of a quest, right? So what comes true in you, Jane, is that you have this really positive curiosity about vulnerability, right? And that it's kind of a quest that's energizing you, you know, so that it's like, a, oh, wow, this master's research. Oh, wow, there's, it's, it, you said, it terrifies me that there's so little, but it's also hugely exciting. And yeah. we, we, we had this kind of metaphor that, you know, the Holy Grail takes the dead and brings them back to life. And that curiosity is the Holy Grail because it takes people who don't have an interest and it puts something on the table that, that ignites something in them, brings them to life as a quest or a spark. So you have this kind of quest around vulnerability and, and it's bringing this positive energy is we talk about the the positive side of of vulnerability and your quest to understand it how how do you see that play out so as you use the word quest like i felt a smile break across my face because well, I ha- well first of all i haven't heard or haven't framed it in that way before um but it also did spark something for me i gave a talk years ago um And my talk was, it wasn't called this, but for myself, the talk was called I Wonder. And basically, I invited the audience to use that frame. The I wonder about this, because I wonder is just, it just opens things up as opposed to very often some of, we come back to language, some often some of the language we use shuts things down. Um. So for me, in terms of vulnerability research and the quest, it's a lovely word, actually, because it feels apt. You know, why do I embark on this research? Because I have so many I wonders. And I find myself saying, I wonder, I wonder what influences someone. I wonder why this leader will be vulnerable. And like, but actually, I love the phrase I wonder because it feels very non-judgmental. And if I imagine that with a creative process, like something, I'm going to use an example of something I don't know about, something like sculpture. If I was to take my clay and to be sculpting, I wonder if I do this and I I wonder if I mold it this way, what would happen? And I wonder if I added more water and I wonder if I increased this the speed of the I don't know I don't even have the correct language the spinning machine <laughs> this is sculpture somewhere shivering um but it invites endless possibilities of what this thing could become um so yeah I wonder is a lovely frame for me on vulnerability in my case and so quest does feel really connected to that I wonder, I wonder what this could become. I wonder where this could go. Um, And so, yeah, that does feel like a very positive frame on vulnerability for me. 
And and even if you apply that psychologically to your own emotional landscape, it feels much safer than judging the emotions, which feels it feels counterintuitive, you know, like you're experiencing this emotion and if you are judging them and resisting them, it just creates more resistance in the body. Whereas you feel this uncomfortable emotion and then you say, you get curious about it. Uh, I wonder what I'm feeling there or, oh, I wonder about this story that went through my head about this situation or these people are judging me or they're going to judge my art. I wonder where that story is coming from or, you know, so the I wonder Uh, and the quest. I'm, I'm, yeah, please jump in and stop me. I'm thinking out loud. (laughs) Bring you back to your Venn diagram. You know, you have creativity, you have curiosity and you have vulnerability. And and you said the sweet spot's the unknown. Mm. And if you know, then you say, I know. Mm. But if you don't know, then you say, I wonder. Mm. And and I, I was thinking about a pun, a play on words. I won there i won just there you know that when you're wondering the payoff is this feeling of being in the unknown and that that's a positive way of being with it so you're having emotion but instead of knowing the emotion it's yeah i wonder what that is Mm. (laughs) and then you're in the unknown and there's this kind of because myself and andrea andrea's this fantastic idea of the one hour holiday you know which is just to allow yourself to not know. And uh, so we're talking about curiosity as a way of being, you know, so vulnerability seems to be a really key component in awareness of an emotion. But then instead of judging it or saying, I know to go, Oh, I wonder. And out of that, I wonder comes a question or a quest, you know, the quest Mm -hmm. starts with a question and then you go off and explore and there's excitement. Mm. and uh, when you were talking about this culture Jane that's a it's a really good visual because uh, and and I wonder when you're working with people because there you are enjoying the process of the clay the water adding the water something's happening right you have something in your head you want to create a head or a vase or whatever it doesn't matter but that process of playing with the clay is the enjoyable part but then as you're getting closer to the end you're worried you start to worry and i say you general you where mm-hmm. i'm gonna show this head or i'm gonna sell it or i'm gonna put it on instagram or whatever i'm gonna do and that's really when vulnerability start to kick in right that we're starting to question ourselves oh i'm not good enough to to do a clay sculpture i'm not good enough to do a painting i'm not good enough to to do a presentation so how Mm-hmm. Where as that process, where do we turn it? Because I see vulnerability as a, a real positive, and I always, always use it as a positive. And it's always been mm-hmm. for me, because I believe that it, once it's out there, it's out there. There's nobody can do anything with my story. It's my story. It's my mm-hmm. story. I've written it and given it to you. You can't plagiarize it. You just have to use it as it is. So unless I'm, you know, you're finding out things about me before I do. Uh, so I find it really empowering, but that's me. How would you, mm. how would, when you work with people, where do you see that moment where, oh shit, I'm not doing this. This is just too, too scary for me. What is the, the trigger? Um, I think it's different for different people. Um, and I think, well, like everything, you know, we're, we're a broad spectrum. And vulnerability is too, actually. Um, 
I think people would be triggered by different things based on different fears that they have, different stories that they have. Um, so when we look at some of the influences of why people will not be vulnerable, so what will influence them to stay invulnerable or to try to stay invulnerable, because ultimately we're all vulnerable. The themes that came out of that research were manipulation, fear of manipulation, fear of ridicule, fear of rejection. So people's trigger points will be different um, for sure. But just to pick up on a point there, you said about the vulnerability starts or there's real vulnerability when you are ready to put that thing out into the world. I think there's two types of vulnerability as well that maybe we could mention. There's that one. So there's the vulnerability of in relation to the other. So how will this be perceived? How will this land with other people? But I think there's also the vulnerability with self. And I think that's very, very often overlooked. And by the vulnerability with self, what I mean there is in the context of creation, for example, to be creative invites you to be vulnerable. The creative process itself calls you to be vulnerable because you and your art are entering the unknown. You don't know what form it's going to take through that process. So there's the vulnerability with self and there's the vulnerability with other I think the vulnerability with other is the one that maybe we're more familiar with because we think of vulnerability in the context of having a really hard conversation with someone or putting your art into the world and you know what if it what if I'm rejected um I think a major trigger point for people is ultimately that fear of rejection um and I think that's very very primal because ultimately what do we want what do all of any of us want is to belong to belong to our tribe to a tribe to our people and there's that very primal fear of well if I'm rejected do I survive you know this if I'm out of the group if I'm out of the tribe how can I survive so that's that's a very primal trigger that I think all of us have but the, definitely the triggers will be different for different people. Mm -hmm. Were you feeling vulnerable this morning before you came on online? Always. Always. Yeah, whenever... I haven't done a huge amount of podcasts, but I've done a, a few and I always feel very, very vulnerable. Um, I'm much more at home on the page, writing and... I love words. So I'm much more at home and more comfortable there. So when I am speaking or particularly podcasts, um, more than speaking to an audience, it's very different. And people have asked me why. And I think with podcasts, and this is a story I have, so I'll make my own disclaimer. Um, the story I have about podcasts is people expect you to be an expert and have all the answers. And so that makes me feel really, really vulnerable because I don't. Like, I don't have all the answers. I have a million times more questions than I have answers. So, yes, very vulnerable. Well, you'd be glad to know that, that this series is very much about, it's a journey, it's an exploration. It's not, we're not looking for answers. We're looking to to go on a journey with everybody we meet. And genuinely, that's what it is. We like the idea of uh, exploring the different avenues that might present themselves, you know, and this is it. So far, it's just been a great little uh, little 
kink in the road that we hadn't thought about it before, you know. So and so mm-hmm. I want to ask you something to pretty much ask everybody, but how do you express your creativity then? Mm. Mm. I probably should have prepared this answer given the, the theme. Um I would say coming back to maybe the earlier point, writing. So it's something that I enjoy. It's something that I don't make enough time for, actually. But when I write, oh, I feel I could sp- I, I get in total flow when I write. Um, I love writing. Um, that's probably the most my favorite form of creativity in expressing myself is with words because I love playing with words. And even actually thinking about today, the first thing I do is like, etymology of the word creativity you know like that that's me um I'm the etymology girl so yeah I love words and I love writing It'd be my favorite way of expressing myself creatively and what do you normally write I may ask what would be your favorite writing style or type of writing um to use Dara's word earlier I my writing is almost a quest, so I can I can decide, oh, I'd like to write about creativity and vulnerability. So I'll have a theme and I have no idea what is going to end up on the page. So usually I'll have a start point like, you know, I might I might just search for the etymology of something. And then once I have that, if I get a spark, I'm off, I'm out, you know. Um, in terms of what then, like content wise, very much personal development, self-development, psychology. Um, I suppose it always does come back to vulnerability in some way, shape or form. Not always, but very, very often, because very often these themes do come back there anyway. Um, Vulnerability is very often the crux of any of any personal. I kind of resist the phrase personal development, but any of this space, there is vulnerability involved. So those are kind of the themes that I would write about. Sometimes I share them. Sometimes I don't. More often I don't. <laughs> it's it's funny, you know, because uh, a friend of mine is Ingrid Lill. She's a cartoonist from Denmark. She's amazing. She was like, a, she put up a picture of a children's book that she learned to draw with. And uh, we were talking about writing. And when you write by hand, it's basically drawing. And then, you know, if you draw somebody, it's just another letter in the alphabet. But we don't think about it that way. You know, we don't think about it. We start to go, you know, well, your handwriting is worse than mine. (laughs) Or, you know, we don't have the same judgments about writing by hand as we do about drawing a picture. And and Dave Zabosky, I think you hit on something is like, when you're going to write about a team, you don't know. And that wow, that you don't know what's going to be on the page at the end. The The conversation we had with Dave Zabosky is we were talking about Milton Glaser. He said, people said, why do you draw? And he said, if I knew what I was going to draw, I wouldn't draw. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. that the you and the blank page is the unknown again. Yeah. You know, and, and, and but what's interesting for me is that for Dave or for other people, they, 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 they engage with the unknown through writing or through drawing. And you're doing it through writing and somebody else might do it through music and somebody else might do it through cooking. 
but it's a universal human experience of there was nothing and now there's something so so to bring this to an everyday you know all of us like andrea has the one hour holiday you know mm -hmm. what would your advice for this kind of being vulnerable and getting into the unknown as an everyday person in an everyday life you know what's what's your kind of everyday mm. kind of practices or thoughts that anybody could look at I think I probably do come back to something that we mentioned earlier around the awareness and acceptance so I I have a a good friend Brian and he talks about meditation he's an amazing um he's an amazing educator around meditation and it's not that he necessarily is a teacher of it but he has a great way of sharing his lessons and learnings and he talks about meditation as a practice as it is but when he meets resistance from people saying I can't meditate I can't shut off my mind I can't stop thinking and he he invites them to reframe that and say well maybe it's not about clearing your mind maybe it's about catching all those times where your mind wanders and if, you know, if we use the language earlier of I wonder, so I wonder how many times today I can catch my mind when I'm meditating. So then kind of gamifying it a little bit, um, but also bringing back in the I wonder. So where was I going with that? So Brian uses that in relation to meditation, but I think you could use the exact same practice in relation to vulnerability. So how can you can you kind of gamify or can you um, bring in I wonders to your emotional landscape? So. I wonder how many times today I can catch myself when I feel an uncomfortable emotion and then build on that. I wonder how many times I can sit with an uncomfortable emotion when it comes. So if we're trying to inject vulnerability just into the everyday, just again, kind of applying the concept of I wonder to in tangent with the kind of gamification concept. So I wonder, can I catch it? And again, that's not judging yourself because you're almost setting yourself a challenge or a quest to catch all of those uncomfortable emotions and then the next level up level two if you manage to do that one can I catch them and sit with them etc etc um I'm not sure if that's what you had in mind when you asked that question but yeah, definitely I, for me gamifying I wonders just is a simple way that you can introduce it every day and, and I, I love that and I didn't have anything in mind but now I do have a question one of the leaders I've worked with, she's an amazing lady, Kathy Ward. She she talks about the positive way of being vulnerable, right? So that you can choose to be vulnerable with people as a way of connecting. Mm. So so because mm. sometimes people hear vulnerability and they go, "Oh, that's the that's the stuff that's very heavy. That's kind of you know." But is there, you know, positive when you look at? It, if you, you mm. wanted to choose to be positively vulnerable as a kind of uh, not just catching yourself when your mind wanders, but mm. catching yourself and then creating positive vulnerability. Mm. Uh, how have you see that? Yeah. I actually had a conversation a week or two ago with my supervisor, my PhD supervisor, and we were having a whiteboard session and I was saying there's so many myths around vulnerability. And one of them is the idea that that I'm going to be vulnerable and then I'm going to get this outcome. And 
it just doesn't work like that, unfortunately. Now, I, I, I caveat that by backtracking a little bit and saying I agree that it is a choice because when you feel that feeling, so you don't necessarily choose to feel it, but you can then choose to embrace it. So there is definitely a choice point. I take issue maybe a little bit when people talk about strategically using vulnerability to get a particular outcome with people. Yeah, um, it, and it, I, it's yeah. more to, to choosing it to get connected yeah. rather than to get an outcome. It's yes. choosing to share what you're feeling so that you have a connection with people which is that's, very that's, different which is yeah, very different yeah, that, yeah so that that and that's that that was more the context but yeah yeah, yeah that's, I, that's I, I agree so choosing to for for an outcome is a very cynical manipulation thing but exactly. choosing to share yeah. your experience in order to have mm. connection that's a that's if, a positive I, choice yeah if mm, i may jump in a, on that if i may jump in sorry jen just no because um when we met i met jen at this lunches of whatever 15 of us a lovely lovely day didn't meet didn't know anybody at the table but two people and we kind of moved around to get to talk to everybody and when i finally sat beside jane we shoot the breeze for a few minutes but then uh somehow you you, you share something with me quite personal which i, I really thank you for it and uh, and that was to me was very much the the major connection to, between us and that that's genuinely what happened and I thought, oh, that's fascinating. This this person I never met, we just connected through a story. That's that's all it was. But it was mm. an important story for you. It was an important story for me afterwards because I thought, okay, that's that's really something, you know, that yeah, that I can walk away from this table having met wonderful people and having connected with somebody through her own mm. her own story, you know. So that's uh, that's really, I guess. I don't know whether it was conscious or unconscious, but anyway, you decided to share the story, which was wonderful. And we connected, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, so, you know, Dara's talking about, you know, bringing in, choosing to, to be vulnerable and to connect. It's so true that vulnerability is probably one of the greatest ways that we can, can connect with people. Um, I suppose the, the differentiation I was making earlier was that strategic planning to uh, to to be vulnerable in quotes is you know as as you said Dara like it's manipulation or it's or it's fake vulnerability and and that then it's not vulnerable but I think in that moment where there's a choice point and you feel that you would like to share vulnerably then unquestionably it just brings such connection I often describe it as a bridge so with clients, I'd say, you know, this is a lovely bridge and and it can be scary to go over that bridge, but that will be the connecting point between you and the other person. Um, I certainly didn't plan to go into our conversation that day and say, I'm OK, I'm going to tell this story in order to get this yeah. particular, you know, um, but. but I, I think there's yeah. a context factor, right? And, and to bring yes. back to your model, right, earlier you were talking about vulnerability with self and vulnerability with others mm. right and, and vulnerability with self is a choice you know mm. uh, or is a catching yourself but then in certain contexts it you might you know andrea is fairly easy person to talk to you know it, it feels oh this is a this is 
it, it just sort of comes out. You're not choosing to do it, but the, the you can go, then you notice, wow, there's a connection. I wonder why I'm connected. And you know what I mean? It's not mm. a strategic thing, but it's like mm. to recognize your own experience and talk about that in a heartfelt way mm. is art. It, you know, it, it, like the mm. conversation is art, painting is art, you know, yeah. it's like it's a creative act to share your experience in a vulnerable way with other people. Yeah. And that's yeah. very context. But the, it starts with yourself, I think, with this. Mm. Just yeah, the, I, oh, sorry, Jen, go ahead. No, I was just going to say that I love the idea of the conversation as the conversation process as the creative endeavor and the conversation also as the creative outcome I love that idea and in order to achieve that for want of a better word achievement feels very um outcome oriented <laughs> um so I don't think it necessarily fits in the style of today's conversation but in order to achieve that for want of a better word there is the invitation to share so that may feel vulnerable but something that I talk about very often is the other forms that vulnerability takes with other people and sharing can feel vulnerable. But so many other things can be vulnerability as well. So vulnerability is an experience that we have. So it's a psychological and an emotional experience, a cognitive and emotional experience that we have. And so when you think about that as the definition and that's your frame on vulnerability, well, what else can make me feel vulnerable? And for many people, staying and listening can feel really vulnerable. So when we think of vulnerability as this psychological experience that we have, then the actions that it might manifest in, the sky's the limit. There's so many different things that can look and feel like vulnerability. And for so many people, it's sharing and speaking. And for so many other people, it could be staying in that conversation and just staying and listening and just being in that moment. And in an organizational context, diversity and inclusion conversations can feel utterly vulnerable because we're all terrified of getting it wrong or offending or saying the wrong thing or not knowing the right language. And so just staying in that conversation without trying to manipulate it or ignore it or numb it or sweep it under the carpet, just staying can feel like such an act of vulnerability and born of that can be a productive conversation, can be people feeling heard, can be connection, all of the things that we've talked about already. Um, so I love the idea, the analogy of the conversation as an act of creation. And the inputs to that might be the sharing, the speaking, but it could also be the listening, which can be vulnerability too, if that makes sense. Totally. And I, I love etymology as well, uh, Jen. And I just looked up vulnerability. Vulnerable comes from to wound, to hurt. Mm -hmm. To injure, yeah. Wow, I didn't know that. It's yeah. uh, it's quite a strong one, isn't it? Yeah, to wound. And so when we think about that, like when I when I do the etymology of a word and I check them, like I just get light bulbs. And when I first heard about vunari, so to want to wound, it my brain just went ping, 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 ping. Because when you think about that, you used the word earlier, Dara, about protection. So if we think of our, all of us as being wounded in, in some way, shape or form from any of our life experiences or our childhoods or anything that we have um, gone through, 
we all have a wound, big, small, different shapes, different sizes. And our job is to protect it. And if you think about, you know, if you get a cut, it could be anything, just a little cut on your hand. You're very acutely aware of that cut when it when it's very fresh and you kind of avoid banging it or touching it off anything because you're trying to protect it. And I think of vulnerability in that way. So we're trying to protect this wound, whatever it might be, from being exposed or from causing us more pain because it's already there. And so it's very, very natural for us to want to cover it, you know, avoid it being exposed. Yeah, that it's beautiful etymology. And I think it just sheds so much light on actually what vulnerability is. It's it's a wound. I think there's another level or another layer, and you, you already mentioned it, awareness and acceptance, right? Yeah. It's like in, in spiritual traditions, like if you go to like Taoism or Advaita Vedanta or, you know, these kind of non-dual spiritual traditions, they would say that what's wounded is our self-image. Yeah. It's not actually our awareness <laughs> because our awareness of of it is not it. So and, and and it's kind of a, a point. So 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 sometimes what we think is going to, you know the expression, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Yeah. And and, yeah. and and what happens a lot of people is we think we're very vulnerable. And then we find ourselves in a situation and we realize, oh, we had this hidden capacity to deal with it that we mm. didn't know we had. And we kind of wake up and go, Well, I, I'm lot a lot less vulnerable than I thought I was. So, so in the definition of self and in the definition of the word vulnerable, there, there's a kind of a, a, if you go beyond psychological and mm. emotional and into spiritual traditions, they would say nothing, your awareness can't be really wounded. And mm. you have these capacities to be aware and to accept and that that transcends the, mm. the thing. And, and then you can really be vulnerable because you could share and say, well, you know, Here's a time my ego was completely bruised mm. and now I'm fine. <laughs> you know, mm, mm. Somebody told me my picture was terrible, you know, and at the time I was inconsolable and, and now I, I realize I'm fine. Yeah. So, so there's this kind yeah. of like, uh, um, there's different layers to it. Mm. And, and sometimes language is, language is also the known, right? Yeah. And the unknown is the, in the experience is another another level down so you're using language or art as a metaphor pointing mm. at an experience but the awareness mm. thing i think is is even more fundamental i don't know if mm. that makes any sense but... it, it really does and i'm 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 here trying to organize my thoughts into which there's so many parts of what you said that i that i want to talk about and or just talk with you about um and probably the easiest place to start, as you said, you know, the expression of what kill, doesn't kill you makes you stronger. If you, like there's so many different phrases and songs and expressions that say the same thing, you know, the idea that um, the crack is where the light enters and um, Leonard Cohen's song, it's a cold and it's a broken hallelujah. Like that line, like it's it's that the idea that this terrible thing, this someone telling you that your photograph is terrible but there's a, it's a cold and it's a broken hallelujah, like you survived it as well. So there's there's so many different expressions that capture that experience that you just mentioned, but also to pick up on the awareness piece that you mentioned, this idea of 
zooming out, taking this helicopter view of this experience. And I love that you use the word experience of vulnerability um, and seeing it from a height and knowing you're safe. And that there's a separation of the awareness and the experience. And that's critical, critical. Well, you, you got a lot of joy about it, Jen, and that comes true. You know that it's kind of like a, uh, you know, um, because it the topic could be very heavy, but I love the wonder wonderment that you have about it because it's like a, it turns what could be a very heavy, like misunderstood, completely misrepresented, into something that's this is a joyfully way a joyful way of being human. Mm. is to to really accept and be aware mm. andrea you have thoughts i was just thinking when i was when i when we started to talk about the wound uh and uh, you are absolutely right you try to protect your wound but then sometimes the wound becomes part of you eventually becomes part of you right and you don't mind showing it anymore and i'm just thinking at that wonderful japanese art of kintsuki you know that they repair the the, the pots and the you know the ceramic yeah. with gold and platinum and silver you know so if mm -hmm. it's worth keeping which we're all worth keeping every single one of us is worth keeping because we always have something to add to the world so maybe that wound is sometimes is worth showing and that's where I find uh, joy in as I say telling the story not being afraid to tell my flaws and you know showing my wounds and uh, we all have wounds and it doesn't matter, you know, it's, we look different every time we grow out of one and we, you know, so I love that idea of uh, the wound becoming like the Kintsuki, that, that wonderful idea of repairing your life through enhancing mm -hmm. it with, with, with something else, whatever that may be, you know. And if you think about that, it's such a good example because the wound, in this case, the crack on the, the ceramics is celebrated. So it's not just repaired and kind of polish over and try and make it look the same color as the ceramic. It's it's celebrated by using gold. So it's like yeah. it makes the wound stand out even more and it's celebrated as this this beautiful thing. And also, like, as you said, that something sparked for me that, you know, I grew up by the sea and like when we had cuts and scratches and everything, you know <laughs> exposing all the secrets now um like we were told go and swim go swim in the sea and it would yeah. sting it would sting but that's what healed it you know yeah. um or let you know if we were told you know don't put a plaster on it straight away let the air get at it it needs the air to heal so this idea that exposing the wound is healing and i think there has to be a caveat here that's we shouldn't always it's not always safe to expose the wound so it, this is not an encouragement of everybody go out there and share their story and share all their deep and their traumas and their personal things with everybody it's not always safe um, and it's very important to do it in context in which you feel psychologically safe in which you feel supported and seen and heard so I, I do think that's ethically important to say um, but I do think there's something beautiful in the idea of letting something at the let the air at it um give air to it um and i think that brings me back to creativity because it's 
breathing new life into something or bringing something to life. Would that air, would that air, sorry, that you're talking about it, could that be that person that you sit with and you feel really comfortable, feel trusted, you feel psychologically safe and you can talk to him, her, whoever, or just let it out, like keep air to that wound and allow Mm. it to be out there in the in the right context in the right place with the right person mm. or people whatever exactly. that may be yeah exactly yeah, like that. sorry Dara, i interrupted you again i was just gonna say it it's it's a kind of it's a nice metaphor for awareness as well right because let the air at it is recognizing you're in the air you know <laughs> like that it's it's not about <laughs> focusing on it necessarily it's about recognizing okay it's a small part or the cut cut doesn't kill you you go immerse yourself in the sea and mm. it's like uh you forget about that problem and you've got a bigger problem it's gold you know and 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 there's all <laughs> yeah. these old irish kind of bits of farmer's wisdom you know if you have a problem find a bigger problem you know yeah. like if you have a puncture yeah if you, you get a puncture in your car like you know and then you kind of go that's really annoying and then somebody crashes into it and it writes it off completely and you go, oh, you know, yeah. who really cares? You know, so there's all this kind of universal folk wisdom out there about yeah. uh, the, the the wounds and the damage. You know, like uh, they can be a thing of beauty and add richness to life, you know, like and, 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 and can be celebrated. And when you have this immersion in something bigger, let the air at it or go throw yourself in the sea or you find a bigger bigger problem or a bigger quest to go on Mm. then it restores a sense of perspective Mm. on yeah sure you know that person didn't really like what i had to say Mm. (laughs) and Mm. you know what i mean it's like it's it's not that big a deal We, we we can make our ego can make it like a big huge thing but the restoration of perspective or the awareness, you know, the separation from the experience is the not thinking yeah. about me, 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 me. It's just seeing like it's yeah. part of life, you know. There's something else that probably needs to go into our Venn diagram um, and it's dropping ego. You know, I think it's very hard to be artistic or creative or innovative if ego is driving. But just inviting I have another supervisor um, who talks about, you know, you don't have to shut the ego up because that will usually make the ego shout louder. But just invite the ego to take a seat and just say, I'm busy at the moment. Have a seat. So the ego is seen and heard, um, but isn't the driver. So I think dropping the ego is central to the creative endeavor. But also vulnerability, you know, like if we are going to sit with all of these things, we're going to have to ask ego to take a seat. Um, and you said about vulnerability being a beautiful thing and something celebrated. I suppose I always think, what's the alternative? You know, so if you think of the seesaw of vulnerability and invulnerability, so it's a lot of work to be to try to keep yourself invulnerable. It's a lot of work to wear you used a mattress as an as uh, this the idea at the very start have you ever tried to lift a mattress you know like if you're carrying around that mattress trying to keep a buffer between you and the world like this is the first time i've ever used ma- mattress as an analogy it's usually masks or armor i'm definitely taking mattress from here on out 
in anything I write in the future about vulnerability, I'll have to credit you, Dara. Um, carrying a mattress around to keep yourself safe from people and to keep people from getting in is heavy and hard work. So is there joy and beauty about vulnerability? Absolutely, because what's the alternative? It's it's an invulnerable life or one where you try to keep yourself invulnerable is is lonely and is disconnected and is heavy and is a life of avoidance and numbing. And Brené Brown talks about this. She talks about um, you can't selectively numb. So if you're numbing all the things you don't want to feel, you're also numbing all the things that you would like to feel. So you can't choose to not feel pain and discomfort and all of those uncomfortable emotions, which are feedback and which are valid and which are human experiences and necessary. You can't selectively get rid of those and not, you know, say, oh, no, but I'll have the joy and I'll have all the nice things that feel good. So, yes, I do think it is a beautiful thing. That's hard. You know, it can be beautiful and it can be joyous and it can be uncomfortable and it can be hard. You know, they're not mutually exclusive. Um, But yeah, I don't want to go through the world carrying that mattress. Well, I'm I'm looking forward to read the paper on uh, vulnerability <laughs> that 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 quotes Dara Power and his mattresses and uh, and the quest <laughs> and the wonder. So, if, but a really huge thank to you, Jen. It's just been fascinating. We can go on for another six hours easily, but it's just it's just been wonderful to hear your your side of the story on vulnerability, creativity, and I think there's a lot to a lot to learn for us all and to to ponder and wonder uh, about it so thanks thanks a million again for taking part and thank you Dara, thanks Jen. For... my pleasure thanks yeah. for having me guys and uh yeah and we shall see you sometime in the future i believe we have another sparks lunch organized with fiona so they're looking forward to that yes yeah, looking forward May. to it yeah it might be outdoors as well this time which i think will change the, the dynamic again and I hope you enjoyed our conversation with Jen Martin around vulnerability and creativity. And please subscribe and visit again. We will have more guests and more conversations very soon.
Just asking for 